Welcome to the Paradigm Shift Podcast, where we are unraveling the roots of abortion through real-life stories and expert conversations. My name is Karen Barbito. I'm the Director of Programming for Support After Abortion and your host for the Healing Network Facebook Live event that we help have every Tuesday at 4 p.m. right here. You know, many of you have probably heard about the virtual conference that we have scheduled for later this month. It begins at 12 noon um, on Um, Thursday, July 30th, and it goes through 10 p.m. on Saturday, August 1st. And we have a lineup of speakers that you will not want to miss. You can register for free on our website just under the resource tab. Look for that virtual conference. And um, yeah, and so like this month, what we're doing is we're featuring presenters right here on this show so that you can get a taste of what they're going to be speaking about later this month. So today you can see that we have two presenters. We have Georgette Forney. She's going to join me first. Georgette um, and I know have known each other for quite some time. Georgette is the um, um, president of Anglicans for Life and the co-founder of the Silent No More Awareness Campaign. Welcome, Georgette. I'm so glad that you're here with me. Great to be with you and great to already see people saying hi and checking in. Yeah, isn't that fun? Yeah, it is fun. So I'm glad that you can see that as well. So, you know, we ha- we have a lot to go over today. And, you know, one of the things that I found so interesting is that you have, you wear multiple hats. I mean, honestly, you wear multiple hats. You have, you're the co-founder of Silent No More. And there's so much that you do for those folks with equipping them on how to share their testimony and the whole um, walk for life part that you're involved in. And then you have Anglicans for Life. You're part of the Abortion Recovery Coalition. I mean, my goodness, girl. Tell me, how is it that you ever got into this business? What was it that prompted you? Well, it was God's grace um, that allowed me to do it. It was my own abortion at age 16 that um, um, probably drove me to it. Because once I went through healing and my daughter found out about my abortion, um, it, it became a part of who I was no longer controlling who I was. And that was a great opportunity then to, um, when I was invited to apply for this job, I actually applied. And I questioned if I could actually end abortion, which is what I kind of thought the mission simply was. And there was so much more. And I really realized that I felt like God was calling me to simply touch hearts, never realizing that is so much of my own story would become part of how we were going to touch hearts. But I love being a part of the Silent No More Awareness Campaign. We work with Priests for Life as the other co-sponsor. And together we have built, God has built a campaign through us that is really um, helping people find their voice and speak out. And certainly whenever you see the other side doing things like, um, you know, the three-in-one and shout your abortion, you realize that our message is getting through. And I just, I long for the day when we can maybe even work together and stop yelling at one another and begin to really just focus on women. Yeah, that's so good, Georgia. You know, we, we say it all the time. Let's just start the conversation, right? Let's, let's take the shame away. Let's take the judgment away. Let's just talk about how people are hurting and how we can help them. Right. And so I just love that about your story. 
Now, um, I'll be the first to admit, and I bet you that there's people out there in the audience that would agree with me that they have no idea what an Anglican is. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I don't know. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about what it is to be an Anglican. An Anglican is actually, it's a, a, a denomination, a Protestant denomination. And if you think back to the Church of England, um, that is where Anglicanism starts. Um, one of the funny jokes that we have around here is that people often call us Angelicans. And <laughs> they turn us into Mother Angelica. So we laugh about that, but we're Anglicans for life. And the Anglican Church is part of a worldwide communion of over 80 million members with churches throughout the world that are really preaching the gospel. Um, what we did in 2009 was as a church body, we had a difference of opinion um, with some of our um, more liberal uh, members. And so we had a split in the church. So our, our, our side, if you will, the Orthodox side, uh, uh, reorganized under the Anglican Church of North America. And so that is part of the group that we, that we serve. It's a big part of the group that we serve. They're uh, in their canons, their founding statements of what their belief yeah. is. They state that they uphold the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. So we really love being able to work with them. But we also work with Anglicans World and um, so yeah it's it's a fun thing to do and I'm very blessed and I will say that the Anglican Church is kind of that cross between Catholicism and Protestantism and we have this lovely liturgy and this beautiful thing called the prayer book book of common prayers its official name and there are, there's just it's a great way to worship God and um, it's nice to know that you can go anywhere in the world and, and find an Anglican Church to worship yeah, that's so great. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that, Georgia, because I really didn't know about the history of it. But so now Anglicans for Life does so much more than just go to church. Right. Like so. And, and I know that we've had conversations in the past and the, the amount of resources that you have for people and and the trainings that you have for people. Can you tell us a little bit about that and why it's important for people that are watching today to hear this? How can they take back some of what you're going to share right now to their ministries to better equip them to help hurting people well one of the things that we learned when we when we when i started doing this work was that the abortion issue had unintentionally maybe or intentionally who knows it had allowed us to compromise the dignity of life of every human being created in god's image so what we started doing is looking at how were other topics especially something like euthanasia slash assisted suicide, how is that compromising the dignity of our elderly or our terminally ill family members, our loved ones? So we, we, we started addressing that, but we also looked at the fact that if we wanted to end abortion, we had to look at ways to prevent it. So in the prevention element, we, we focus some on, on adoption and, and caring for those children that maybe are in foster care even. So we look at the adoption issue, we teach on the adoption issue, we, we raise awareness about that as well. And then we also see prevention in the, um, what we called, uh, and, and I always forget the new term, 
but abstinence. So we have um, teachings, um, but it's now called sexual risk avoidance behavior. I got it. It came out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that it's lost in there, but it comes back. So sexual risk avoidance behavior is something that we recognized we needed to be teaching our to prevent um, a pregnancy. So Abundant Life is the curriculum our, our staff, uh, Sammy Gallo, has written. And she does a weekly podcast. She does a weekly blog. It's all online. You can go to uh, youwaremadeformore.org and check out um, the wonderful program that youth leaders can use, parents can use. We want to make sure we're preventing abortion. We don't want more women where we are, we don't want more children to die from abortion. We don't want more family members to be hurt um, and children. So um, Abundant Life, You Were Made for More is a great resource. But we also, in trying to reach the, the elderly, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, part of it was my own parents that were aging and wondering um, how I was going to be the sanctity of life for them that I got so involved in the end of life issues and we ended up um, uh, writing and publishing a curriculum an eight-week uh, video curriculum called embrace the journey that takes people into the discussions about aging and dying um, it was a huge gift to me because at the end of the writing the program and getting it all prepared to publish my mother died um, and I will say that uh, published that had I not written that had I not done all the work to learn and understand the issue of dying I don't know that I would have survived her death but yeah. so I was this first student if you will and um, the journey is a great resource I love to see families go through it together um, so they can discuss it or, you know, elderly parents doing it and then um, going through and talking about it with their children. The key thing to this whole thing is that we make sure that um, it's done, it can be done in the church. Um, and so a lot of what we're about is equipping the church to do the outreach in the ministry. And then obviously we have Silent No More, which is so important to so many. And I'm, I'm, I'm it's such an honor to be the co-founder of that. And that's the idea behind Silent No More is all about helping equip women and men and families to be able to put their testimony together and, and kind of organize it and, and be prepared always to give the reason for the hope that we yeah. found. So Silent No More is a big part of Anglicans for Life as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I can hear your passion. Um, Georgia, you know, just the things that you've gone through, you can just hear your heart. You're just showing us. Thank you for being so transparent for us and vulnerable. I really appreciate that. Um, so you're doing two presentations at this conference, right? Yep. So, so not, without revealing too much, because we want people to be enticed to come in and view your presentations, can you give a little teaser? Now, those of you watching out there, I want you to listen to this and just know that you are not going to want to miss her presentation. You can see her heart. You can feel her heart through this message. So she's going to speak directly to you in an honest and very authentic way. So, Georgia, give us just a little teaser on your two presentations. Well, I actually already have in the way that I shared with you about Anglicans for Life. Um, the first presentation that I'm doing is called The Value of Our Testimonies. 
and I talk about um, where nationally we share our stories and the power of sharing our stories in front of the Supreme Court and how we want to invite others to, to be a part of that and join us every January. And so, okay, so I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to yeah, stop you there. Because I don't want you to give too much away. But for those of you watching, that's biblical. By the words of our testimony, we help others heal. So you're not going to want to miss how Georgette and her group has put together a plan for people to be able to start the conversation, to share their testimony, and, and just have strongholds and breakthroughs happen right there in Washington, D.C. Okay, so what's your other presentation? Not too well, much. The other presentation is, can we abort grandma? And um, mm -hmm. That's and enough. It, Don't say any more right there. That's <laughs> enough. That time alone is enticing. Like, whoa, if you're not watching, if you just didn't say, I got to hear that, can you abort grandma? That is a great title. That's enough said right there. So um, thank you for that title. That's really, I'm going to have to watch that for sure. So now, Georgette, again, you know, I know that you're so um, a part of loving on hurting people and um, and you you have your hands in so many different organizations and groups and um, very well known throughout the country. You know, you're talking to people that are on Facebook Live right now, but we're hoping that you're going to share this with all of your contacts on Facebook because you never know who this video might come across and who might have been impacted by abortion. And it, this might be the very thing that helps them connect to the healing that they need. So Georgette, um, for those that are watching, who should attend this free conference and why? Well, I got to tell you, Karen, we were laughing about this this morning and um, our marketing director came in. And so she's actually doing Facebook Live on, on my channel or AFL's channel. And so we're double doing this. <laughs> nice. She's, she's recording the presentation with you. So greetings to everybody. Um, Tell me the question again. I got so excited about telling. <laughs> <laughs> so for the people that are watching and for those that view this video after it's over and it's posted on our Facebook page or on our YouTube page, you know, I mean, we have, we're nearing 2000 people that have registered for this conference. That's so huge. And, and for whatever reason, those people are finding value in who the speakers are and what they expect the content to be. So who do you want to personally invite to register for this conference and tell them why they should they should watch well i really want to encourage anybody that's had an abortion to attend the conference because the list of speakers is, i i mean i know a lot of those folks that are speaking and i know the quality of what they have to say and i know their heart as well in terms that they want to heal folks they want people to be restored to the dignity that our abortions took from us the pains in life, the, the consequences of our, our of, of choices that we didn't even sometimes have the, the ability to make. So all of the conference speakers are great. I will say that. And I really think that you'll get a lot out of it. But more than that is always that place where once you, you, you've found that place of healing, you then become the mechanism for others to find healing for others to be equipped to, to do the tough things in life. So yes. Attending our, my, my presentations, attending the presentations from others, you will get a lot out of it because here's the thing. We're not just consumers. We're also fellow ministers to one another. 
especially as women. Our goal is to encourage one another, lift one another up, help one another become all that God created us to be. And to do that, we have to be equipped. We have to be empowered. And this conference is going to do that for you. I guarantee it. Thank you, Georgette. Oh my gosh, it was so great spending this time with you. I look forward to watching your presentations. Don't go anywhere. We have another guest that's going to be joining us. Um, make sure that you look up Anglicans for Life and the Silent No More campaign um, so you can get tap into those resources that Georgette just talked about. Look who showed up. We have Lauren Muziak with us from Sidewalk Advocates for Life. She is the founder and I'm going to call her CEO, even though she's the executive director, because if she founded it, she can have her title be whatever she wants it to be. <laughs> That's so true. I, I like your title better, Karen. So we're just yes. going to go with that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So Lauren, um, gosh, I'm so glad that you're on the show and I'm so glad that you're going to be a presenter as well. So for those that are watching that might not know what sidewalk advocacy is, could you could you maybe tell us how you got into this and how you find, founded this organization that's now like teaching other people, other uh, affiliates around the country how to do it right. Yeah, I'm just so honored to be with all of you and Support After Abortion is a very important partner to us on the sidewalk. Um, in short, Sidewalk Advocates for Life trains, equips, and supports those who uh, have a heart to go to where abortions take place to help save lives and end abortion in their community. You know, really at its core, we see ourselves as part of the pregnancy help movement because uh, in each one of the communities that we're in, we're often the gateway to those loving, life-affirming resources. And we have them for every single person who crosses our path, you know, for whatever reason. Um, since we started six years ago, we've grown to about 200 locations around the globe, of course, mostly wow. here in the United States. And by God's grace, we've witnessed nearly 10,000 uh, preborn children saved uh, and mothers and families assisted. We're also there for abortion workers. You know, when we're not serving clients, we help them leave the industry. We've witnessed 70 of those, uh, witnessed 20 facility closures as we've helped enough clients and enough workers, right? And so really so many blessings because people like you, people who are watching this, you know, have that call in their heart maybe to go do something about the problem of abortion. But one of the other things, Karen, that I'm so proud of is that, you know, we do all we can on the front end to encourage a decision for life, but should a mother not choose um, life and choose abortion, we wanna be the first sign of God's mercy as she's leaving and get her on the road to hope and healing. And so, you know, our sidewalk advocates make their best effort to get support after abortion information in their hands so that they can begin that healing process as soon as possible possible. You we know, so and we so appreciate that, Lauren. Yeah. You know, we can't do it with you guys that are right there on the sidewalk. So you said to that your part, a couple of things I want to go back to. Sure. Maybe you can tell us, um, you know, I know that you're an attorney, right? Mm -hmm. you are That's right. I, I don't dress like one, but I am an attorney in Texas. <laughs> you <know>? Yes. You <laughs> definitely carry yourself like an attorney. Um, mm -hmm. That's a compliment, by the way. Don't take that. Oh, good. Right. Oh, good. <laughs> you don't know. My husband makes attorney jokes all the time. You will not offend me. So, um, but how did how did you go from that to what you're doing now? You know, that seems like a big shift. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, that's my word for 2020: a shift. It's so interesting you said that. But anyways, um, so you know, 
I remember when I was little, someone asked me, how did you get into this? And I would always tell them, oh, it began in college. And then I had this memory and it was after my mom had passed away. My mom's been gone now for, for five years. She's gone home to the Lord now, uh, for five years now. But remember when I was little, she told me what abortion was. And I looked at her and I said, is there something that we can do about it? And she looked at me and said, well, sure there is. And so she ordered some pamphlets from Texas Right to Life and we went up and down the street and she had me go sidewalk counsel. She had me walk up to the neighbor and say, I wanna give you some information about abortion. That's just such a precious memory uh, to me, you know, as I remember my mom. But, um, you know, really my pro-life peaceful activism began in college. I was a student at Texas A&M University um, and it was the local Brazos Valley Coalition for Life, that local peaceful activist organization, pro-life organization that invited uh, you know, different churches, all of us, uh, to come and pray outside the Planned Parenthood abortion facility that had been in that community, I think, for just a couple of years at that point. If that sounds familiar, that is Abby Johnson's former abortion facility. So I used to pray and sidewalk counsel outside of Abby Johnson's facility. Wow. Uh, my sophomore year, I got trained as a sidewalk counselor. And, uh, you know, on our side of the fence before 40 Days for Life showed up, because that's the organization that birthed the very first 40 Days for Life campaign, right? So I got to experience that as a college student. And I remember on our side of the fence before 40 Days for Life started, um, there were lots of interesting things going on. You know, people were trying different things. Maybe there was a costume or really, you know, some really large, angry signage. And what's interesting is, you know, the peaceful sidewalk counselors that were there, it was hard to get folks to talk to us. And it didn't occur to me at the time that maybe, you know, we we were because we were trying so many different things and we collectively looked like a circus that we probably weren't as inviting as we wanted to be. Yeah. And then when 40 Days for Life showed up and the atmosphere became more peaceful, prayerful and what I call purposeful, you know, that there was a cohesive strategy on the sidewalk all of a sudden we noticed that women were coming to the fence to share their very personal, often painful stories with us. And so as a college student, I'm watching this transformation, right? Yeah. And it was so instructive for me. And so long story short, I eventually feel like I'm called to law school. I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna be a pro-life litigator or lobbyist, right? I'm gonna be legal counsel for a pro-life or pro-family organization. Uh, and instead, after law school, I was invited by my friend David B. Wright, who is the founder, CEO of 40 Days for Life. Again, these beautiful prayer campaigns that have now spread across the world. Uh, he invited me to, to join them as their campaign strategist. And I would love to say, Karen, that my first you know, comment to David was, an opportunity to save lives and impact eternal souls, like I'm sold, right? <laughs> Instead, I was like, wow, if I make this shift, I am probably letting go of a legal career. And, but as I prayed about it, as my husband prayed about it, we realized what an opportunity. And so I very quickly said, yes, I was with them for about two years, uh, advising the North American campaigns, spiritually, strategically, got the first blush at things legally. Uh, and then while there saw, you know, got that front row seat to seeing what was going on in local communities. And a lot of people um, didn't have, you know, the comprehensive training tools and support that they needed to sidewalk council over the long haul. And so I had their blessing to leave at one point and to start this. So that's the yeah. really story of how yeah. I left behind being an attorney and, you know, 
I don't practice, of course, being on the national team. I'm too busy for that anyway. Uh, but we do work with amazing attorneys who defend our people every day on the sidewalk. Yeah, that is amazing. I did not know. First of all, go Aggies. My yes. my my <laughs> my niece's husband went to Texas A&M. I did not know that. I did not know any of that story. So thank you so much for giving me that kind of context and background. For those of you that are watching that don't know who Abby Johnson is, she um, wrote the book Unplanned that was made into a major motion picture of the same name, Unplanned. And she was the director of a Planned Parenthood in Texas, as Lauren just said, for eight years. Um, she was part of 22,000 abortions. And one day she was asked to assist with an ultrasound guided abortion. That's when you can see what's going on inside the uterus and what she saw made her walk off the job and it changed her life forever. Um, you know, you talked about 40 days for life. Some people watching too might not know what that organization is all about and, and what they do. Could you explain that for us? Sure. So it's based on the idea that throughout biblical history, God has used periods of 40 days to bring about a transformation in his people. Right. And so when we were frustrated and feeling like we weren't making a difference on the sidewalk, even through some of that prayer and outreach, um, you know, David and his team at the Coalition for Life had uh, an hour of prayer around an old wooden table. And this is what God put on their hearts. Like, what if we were to cover this abortion facility 24 seven, you know, 40 days of prayer, would we see transformation? And I'm so excited to tell you that at the end of that 40 days for life, once they got the numbers back from the county health department, they realized that the abortion rate in our community had dropped by a whopping 28%. Wow. And so over a hundred lives had been spared in Aggieland. No doubt there were probably many more. Um, but you know, it, what they did is eventually this this caught fire and it started to spread around the country, the world now. I mean, they just announced yeah. 40 Days for Life National just announced they're gonna have the largest campaign ever. I, I really admire David and Sean for listening to the Lord and taking that campaign worldwide. Uh, you know, they've seen many of the fruits that, that we have, vice versa. Um, so they, it's based on 40 days of prayer and fasting. 40 days of peaceful vigil outside of an abortion facility, and then 40 days of community outreach. And Sidewalk Advocates for Life, you know, having been so instructed by that, that spirit, that when we're peaceful, prayerful, loving, law-abiding, um, we have the opportunity to reach so many eternal souls through that very purposeful presence. And so yeah. uh, that was transformative for me. Yeah. And so if you're out there and you want to become a sidewalk advocate, this is the agency that you want to get in touch with. I've been to their training. It's really well done. Um, they separate themselves from those people that do it in not such a peaceful manner. Those ones that do dress up in costumes or have some really ugly pictures, you know, use kind of fear um, to help somebody make a different decision, which we know doesn't work. Just the opposite happens. So this is who you want to get connected with. They're called Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And this is Lauren Muziak. Did I say that right? Close, Musica. <laughs> you told me yesterday too, Lauren. I know, it's, it's Polish. I don't expect anybody to pronounce it right, so. Lauren Musica, it's on the second. Okay, Musica, I, I apologize for that. No worries. Um, yeah. So Lauren, you're a presenter at our conference. I'm so thrilled. You know, like I asked Georgette um, previously, I don't know if you could hear her when you were down in the green room. I don't think you could. Um, can you give us a little teaser, not too much, just a little oh. teaser on your presentation so people will like, yeah, man, I gotta find her. I gotta watch right. that presentation. 
Sure. So, you know, I'm really excited to let everyone know what we're doing on the sidewalk right when a woman leaves that abortion facility. How do we reach out to her? What do we say? What do we give her? What's our demeanor out on the sidewalk? Again, you've heard me repeat the same words of peaceful, prayerful, loving, law-abiding, all those things. So that spirit is there. You know that, that it's there. But there are definitely some things that can help us to get healing literature in her hands uh, a little bit more successfully. And so we're going to go over some of those tips and techniques as well. Awesome. Tangible tools, people, that you can take away from her presentation. So you don't want to miss it. Okay. Final words here. Um, you know, you guys, you you have 200 affiliates around the country or around the world. You were telling me some of Fiji and Mexico and Australia, and that's just really great. Have you seen in the virtual world that your reach is even farther than it used to be? The words kind of shrunk when we're doing everything virtually. Have you experienced that as well? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we had a troubleshoot is this is such a relational ministry. You know, how do you do abortion outreach in a pandemic? Right. And so the yeah. communications team and I really had to put on our thinking caps in March and write out guidelines where everyone could be safe. You know, it's funny. Um, I really think the Lord is using this time. I really want people to hear that. Like I the Lord is in this right now. Um, he is, you know, in our tears and in all of our frustration, but he is absolutely bringing amazing things out of this. Um, some of the things that we've recently developed in Sidewalk Advocates for Life to get a whole team like on, you know, like a virtual conversation so that we can better serve them and they can take that stuff back to their community. I mean, this is going to survive long after the pandemic. Some of these things we were like, why weren't we doing them before, you know? Exactly. And so we are able to, we've been able to get a lot of our communities on the computer just to have a really in-depth conversation uh, about how things are going. Whereas before we were flying around the country and we still look forward to doing that. You know, there's nothing that quite replaces being in person on the sidewalk, but there's so much that we can do right now virtually to reach people. And I think our, our folks are giving us just, you know, great feedback about that. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so what, who do you want to invite to this conference? Why should they come? So a couple of, of groups, uh, one is anybody who has been touched by abortion in one way or another. And I think, especially in our culture, uh, so many of us have had abortions that, um, you know, maybe it's our sister, maybe it's our friend, a grandmother, you know, I mean, we've, we've all been touched in some way by abortion. And so what's beautiful about what you guys are doing through this conference is that, you know, everybody heals in a different way. Everybody's reached in a different way. There are diff different facets of, you know, uh, this healing movement. And so there really is going to be something for everybody. The other thing is that, you know, one of the things we've been noticing lately is that um, in everyday life, because of the culture that we're in, we're all sidewalk advocates, right? I mean, whether you are actually standing in front of an abortion facility or not. I can't even tell you how many conversations I've had off the sidewalk where God just brought someone into my path and I went into sidewalk counseling mode, you know? Um, we have a chance to reach so many people. So if you're just curious about this, maybe you don't know someone who's had an abortion, but maybe you you probably will, and you you will no doubt have an opportunity to get someone onto that road of, of hope and healing. So it's really yeah. for everybody. 
That's excellent. Thank you so much, Lauren. So just to remind you, we have the website on there where you can you can register for free from um, July 30th through August 1st. You can watch it in any order at your pace whenever during those hours from 12 noon on Thursday to 10 p.m. on Saturday. Um, and if you want to have access to it for an additional 90 days, you can buy a premium pass for $49.99. And so we just are so excited to bring this conference to you. The finishing touches are coming in. I think it's nine, eight or nine days away is all. Um, so please share this. Please share this Facebook live with your friends. Tag your friends on Facebook. You never know who might watch a piece of this and just hear compassion or hope or just something in the tone of the voices of the people that we had on today that will just speak to their heart and they'll reach out for help or they know somebody that they want to get connected to help because their friend is struggling so and doesn't know where to go or is too afraid to go somewhere. So please share this. Um, we appreciate you. We'll be back next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Um, I can't remember right now who our guests are, <laughs> but we will get a promo piece up for you so you'll know who they are next week. Thank you so much, Lauren. I really appreciate you. Great to be with you, Karen. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks for watching. Thank you for joining us today. If you or someone you know has been impacted by abortion, you are not alone. Contact us today at supportafterabortion.com. If you are inspired by today's message, we welcome you to join the conversation by following us on Facebook or Instagram.